from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, both places where you're listening. You are watching on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Toward the latter part of this past week, high school sports got some tough news here in Central and Upstate New York. The NYSPHSAA had made the decision to move fall sports to uh, a lot of the fall sports, including football, to the spring, to the end of February, early March, as far as a start date in 2021. And that's where we're sitting at right now. Uh, Some of this stuff could be fluid. And as we know, during Corona times, it can be ever changing. So with that being said, uh, we do know at least that football was supposed to kind of get back into the swing of things and they will now be halted until 2021. Here on the broadcast with me is someone who is no stranger to the show and I appreciate him tremendously on and off the field. That is the head coach of the West Genesee Wildcats football team for high school here in the community, uh, Joe Corley. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. And and Joe, I mean, obviously we, we found out uh, some tough stuff uh, back on Thursday, September 10th. Uh, the news came out that the high school football season will be moved from the fall to the spring. Uh, originally, you had a pushback to September 21st, and that obviously never hit before they made the decision to go from September 21st to March 1st. Uh, just initial reaction of the decision to go from September to March. Um, I'm not surprised, uh, but I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not surprised because um, this is the decision that I kind of expected was going to be made several weeks ago. Um, and I, I was actually very surprised to learn that they were going to let us practice the 21st. Um, disappointed for a couple of reasons. You know, one being that there was supposed to be a vote that took place between uh, the, the different schools of Section 3 to decide what would happen with the high-risk sports like volleyball and football and competitive cheer. Um, and the state didn't allow that vote to happen. And to me, if if they're going to allow schools to, to do what they believe is best for them, they should have done that. And uh, we, we were excited about the opportunity to get our guys back on the field for some workouts, for some conditioning, for some install and fundamental work um, in a very low-risk setting. You know, we would be following low-risk guidelines. Um, we're not going to get that opportunity now, and I think our kids deserve that shot to make it work. And, um, and if we had gotten a few weeks in and then been told we're going to move our games to the spring, uh, we all would have been fine with that. In fact, we all were expecting that. I, I just wish our guys could have gotten the shot they deserved. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the difficult part, Joe, is is the fact, like you said, to not have a start and and to be told you can practice but you can't play right now and you know maybe you could play later we'll see you know come come you know September 21st and whatnot and when and when we got that conversation you know when that came through it was uh, it was very confusing you know it was a very confusing time to hear something like that and the whole notion of maybe you can maybe you can't we'll see what happens 
And, you know, I, I could only imagine because uh, you know, some players were saying that they're like, why can we practice, but we can't play? And what are we practicing for if we can't play? Bring me into that as a coach, you know, to get the 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 word of you can practice, but we don't know if you're going to have a season that that practice is going to lead to. Well, you know, to me, there's nothing worse than being in limbo and not knowing what's going on. I mean, um, obviously, the kids and I were excited to be able to practice. But ultimately, you want to play the game on Friday night. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to play in the spring, it's it's very encouraging. And uh, to, to me, it's it's a sign that, hey, football is going to be back, you know, in time. But uh, we all live for the fall, Friday night, return to school atmosphere. It all kind of ties together. And it's, it's, it's a special time for these kids. You know, these seniors, it's their last chance to experience that. And they're not even going to get a chance to. Uh, you know, again... I really didn't expect to be able to play games this fall, but just to be able to get the kids back together, um, you know, yeah, it's important to get them in shape again. It's important to develop fundamentals and maybe get some install accomplished, but more than anything, these kids have been apart, you know, for, for six months. And, you know, we just wanted to get these guys back together again, you know, just because they've been lacking that for so long. And I think that's the most difficult part is just wanting to get back some sense of normalcy that we're not going to get a chance to. Um, but there was a lot of back and forth from the initial announcement that we'd be allowed to practice. There was you know, kind of like a not-so-fast announcement from the governor that following Thursday, and then we, we learned about the vote that was going to take place uh, between school administrators, and, and we, were, we felt good about that. Um, and then to not even let that vote happen and just pull the plug like that. It's just, to me, it's wrong. And that, that decision should have been made a long time ago when it wasn't. The, the kids deserved an answer, and, and they didn't get it. Um, and then we got their hopes up and then just pulled the rug off from under their feet. It's it's tough. It's, it's tough to be in their shoes right now. Speaking here with West Tennessee Wildcats head football coach Joe Corley. Uh, Joe, the, the votes that never happened. I want to go into that a, a little bit more just what did you know about it, and, and what, what was, I mean, what was supposed to go down as opposed to what actually went down to go into it a little bit deeper? Well, the, the, the vote's still going to happen, at least in regards to the remaining sports, but there were basically three options that each school could vote for, and option A was to, to, to go forward as originally planned, where the low-risk sports could practice and, and, and play. The high-risk sports could practice but not play. Um, at least temporarily. Um, option B was to move forward with the low-risk sports in the fall and then push the high-risk sports to the spring. And then option C was to push all sports in the spring. And we kind of got the impression that, you know, the majority of schools in this area were in, in support of option A, you know, given the higher-risk sports, football, volleyball, to give, to give them a chance to practice and possibly play some games this fall, provided they could pull it off logistically, financially, and all that. There were some obstacles, but it, it seemed that the schools in this area were willing to give it a shot. Um, and we all kind of agreed that our kids deserve it. After all, they've sacrificed and done. They deserved it. Um, the state made a decision last night to 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 postpone the higher risk sports to the spring ahead of that vote. You know, essentially not allowing districts to make a decision on what's best for them. And I just, you know, I don't agree with that decision, to be honest with you. 
Um, they made a decision to let schools aside, and then they went back on that, and that's just not fair to our kids. You know, like you said, uh, the vote that was supposed to happen, that's, uh, you know, still obviously supposed to go forward, but that it's that it's already, you know, without the vote, uh, there's already been a decision on some of these higher risk sports, including football. So, you know, you feel like maybe something got stolen away or, or maybe something didn't get heard, you know, in, in your opinion. I mean, what, what kind of feels kind of the muddiest to you about all this? You know, the whole thing really kind of caught me by surprise, Dan, so I honestly I honestly don't know. I mean, I was I was all set to wait it out until Friday afternoon or Friday morning to, to hear a final decision. Um, and then I was actually um, getting ice cream with my wife and kids last night when um, I looked down and saw my AD had sent me a text and I opened my email and there's the article. It, uh, it just shocked me. So I don't know what went down or, or, or why. You know, I'm never going to argue with the decision to, to do things in the interest of health and safety. And I, I'm going to support that 100 percent, 365 days of the year. But um, if we feel that it's safe for low risk activities to go on, you know, why can't we let football players practice and work out in a low risk setting? I, I think they deserve that. So, again, you know, what happened and why, I honestly don't know. But um, I, like I said, I just don't agree with how it went down. And, and I think uh, you know one of the things that's 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 come to my mind, and and if if it sounds crazy, I mean, tell me that it's crazy. But uh, when I when I look at this situation, and you know, I try to kind of you know decipher it to the best of my ability, I, I ask the question of if you had proper testing on both sides. You know, you have proper testing with West Genesee, proper testing with whoever you're playing against, you know, protocol for the NYSPHSAA, just like, you know, the ACC or the Big 12 or the SEC is doing in the sense of everybody within an institution, within a group are going to do things the same way or else, you know, if you had something like that and there's proper testing and accurate testing and your team doesn't have any players to worry about, you know, being sick out there and the other team doesn't have any, uh, you know, the notion of you can't spread a virus you don't have. So, you know, what can you tell me about, about kind of that side of it? Like, you know, the, the notion of, of having proper testing and if, if there was proper testing on both sides and, you know, teams obviously kept players off the field or coaches away that may be sick that you, you know, that you, I'm, Unless I'm crazy, you should be able to play if both sides don't have sick players right. playing. So Sure. I guess it comes down to you can't really guarantee that, that this isn't going to be transmitted, and that's that's the hard part because, you know, uh, high schools don't have the resources in particular financially to, um, to, to test kids the way they are at the, at the college level, especially at the Division One level because um, – you know, these things cost money that, that we just don't have. Um, and then it's different when, when kids aren't living in dorms and you can you can quarantine a college football team you know, and place them in an athletic dorm where they're around nobody else. You know, you, you can't do that in the high school setting. Kids are going to go home to their families. Their, their parents are out there in the community working. Um, there's just such a greater risk for exposure. And, I mean, even if you get a negative test, um, on a Monday or a Tuesday, you can easily contract this thing later in the week, you know, ahead of a Friday night game. So it's just, you know, to me, it, it, it's, 
certainly makes sense uh, in theory if we were able to test at the level that the colleges have been. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't think logistically it would work for us. And, and I'm sure that's part of the decision. And again, I respect um, the decision to keep kids safe and healthy. Um, but I also think, again, going back to you know the low-risk activity, if, if that's something that we feel we can safely do for other sports, I think football players deserve a shot to, to at least try. And again, you know, if, if, if games have to be postponed to the spring, then that's okay. But, um, hey, that, that, that's not what's going to happen this fall, and now we know and we're going to move forward. That coming from West Genesee head football coach Joe Corley. Joe, for you, what's the message to the kids? I mean, you care about these kids. They mean a lot to you. Uh, you and I have spent a lot of time together. I've spent a lot of time around you with them. Uh, what what is the central message? What are what are the thoughts? What can you tell me about you know how you how you handle this with with kids that you obviously deeply care for and understand their plight, having played sports yourself? Hang in there and try to keep your heads up. You know, really, what else can you do besides hang in there? And uh, hey, we're we're back in school, and I, I saw a lot of our players come through the front door today and it was great to see their faces, you know, albeit behind masks, but there were a lot of hellos and a lot of fist bumps and it was just great to see, you know, some sense of normalcy coming back to the school and, and to feel the energy in the hallways again and in the classrooms. Um, so we're, we're moving the right direction. And, and that's what I would keep telling them is we're, we're in a better place now than we were six months ago, a much better place. So if we can stay the course and, and keep doing what we've been doing, um, there's going to come a time when we're going to be even closer to normal than we are now. And there's going to come a time when football's back. And it looks like right now we're going to get a shot in March to bring it back. So we just need to stay the course and keep doing what we've been doing and, and kind of take things as they come at us a day at a time, uh, make the most of the situation like everybody else has had to. Yeah, and and I think, you know, can, can we see the silver lining in the sense of the fact that they're – you know that that the kids are at least you know back in school and in some way, shape, or form they're back around each other. You know they they have the opportunity to experience some type of community again to to be able to see their friends again and whatnot. I mean, can you take some positive from that? Of course. I mean, there was there was an energy in the building that I haven't seen in the times I've been there since this whole thing began, and I haven't been there much. Uh, we had four staff days these last two last two weeks and. Um, it, it was almost just kind of depressing how quiet the building was in the hallways. And I had been in the building a couple times previous for a number of reasons, and it just didn't feel the same. Uh, and so, so seeing kids lined up at the front door, ready to come in, and then and then hearing that bell ring and, and, and hearing the footsteps and hearing the voices, it just it brought a lot of energy back. And it, and it honestly, I was I was made a comment today that you know once once we got going with our day, it, it felt like we never left. You yeah. know, it just uh, immediately just all came back to me, and it, it was a great feeling. So it's a step in the right direction, and we're not where we want to be yet because we want to be on the football field right now, you know, getting ready for our next game, and we're not. Um, but again, we're moving forward, and not if, but when we prove we can make this work, um, it, it's going to be impossible for them to pull the plug on us in the spring, and we're, we're going to play football again. And you, you know, those those words are big words coming from you, Joe. Like not if, but when we prove 
that it's possible to play in the spring. They're not going to take it away from us. What makes you so confident? Well, it's an attitude. You know, I'm, I'm always a believer in, you know, you, you can't control a situation, but you can certainly control your approach to how you handle it, and you can control your attitude towards it. And the attitudes that I saw in our, in our school today, staff and students, was as positive as I've seen. The kids were genuinely happy to be there. Um, nobody was being, you know, uh, disruptive. Nobody was being disobedient to some pretty strict guidelines. You can tell the kids want to be back, and you can tell they're happy to be back and they're excited to be there around their friends. So I know they're going to make this work, and I know they're not going to do anything to, to threaten, you know, the, the step that we took today and the direction we're going. So I'm proud of them, and, and not just football players, but the entire West Genesee community. I mean, it was really something special to see kids just being so cooperative and so grateful to be there. You know, and, and as we as we look at all of this, uh, the executive director of the NYSPHSAA said in a statement, quote, uh, we've spent two days speaking with nearly 500 athletic directors across the state, and it's clear that administering high-risk fall sports during the COVID-19 pandemic presents a significant challenge for our member schools. These are, on unprece- these are unpre- pre- unprecedented times, and unfortunately, uh, difficult decisions will have to be made to address this ongoing crisis. We continue to stay committed to providing support to our member schools and quality participation experiences for the students we serve, end quote. Did you hear anything in any of this? I know uh, Bob Campisi said, uh, co-chairman of Section 3, said, a quote, I think the superintendents, superintendents had a little reservation of it. Everybody wanted to be up and running to take the chance. I guess now it's adding more craziness to a year of crazy, end quote. Sure. Uh, what are yeah, your thoughts? I agree with that. And I, I think if, if, if you tried to hold, you know, at every small sport that, excuse me, every fall sport that we offer and you try to hold uh, competitions and games without limitation, I think you're going to run into a lot of logistical difficulties. And, and that was definitely part of the discussion. You know, how do you possibly do this? The transportation, um, you know, how do you, how do you protect kids? I mean, you know, do, do you have kids wear masks for an entire soccer game? You know, I mean, that is, is that a realistic expectation? I mean, there's a lot of logistics that, that need to be worked out. So there, there definitely um, were quite a few concerns and certainly warranted reservations from a lot of people. Um, but again, you know, we, we weren't really expecting to just start playing football. And then two weeks from now, we're playing games in front of 2,000 people on Friday night. We were prepared. Um, to approach this with tremendous caution. We were prepared to phase into this very slowly and progressively and, and do this the right way to, you know, to be sure that we were going to be, you know, successful. Um, so I think that's, I think that's the key there is we, we weren't expecting to be all in from day one. You know, we, we were, we were expecting this to be very much, you know, a, a process and we were prepared for that. So yeah, you know, and and now we sit here with the hopes of, of what's to come. And like you said, it will get done. They will not take it away from us. Uh, other other states, California, Connecticut, uh, Delaware, Hawaii, uh, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, and the District of Columbia have all postponed, uh, f- you know, high school football, uh, postponed it from the fall. We've seen it at the collegiate level in a very strange way for Division 1A football, FBS, that uh, the SEC 
is playing and their member schools are playing. The Big 12 is playing, their member schools are playing. The ACC and the member schools, the American Athletic and the member schools. But then we've seen certain conferences where they're not playing, but their schools are allowed to play. And some conferences that are playing, their schools don't have to play. So there's been a lot of kind of weird stuff going on. And then the Pac-12 and the Big 10 are not playing. So, you know, when you look at this and you look at the fact that, you know, obviously states make their own decisions. And in this case, uh, states are doing that to know that, you know, you know, when we look at the 18th state or region, when you include the District of Columbia, you know, there's 50 there's 50 states. And so this is like a, a, a small, you know, almost a fifth of the United States of America is postponing. But the majority of it either hasn't made the decision or they're not. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's, you know, only a fifth of America, including the state of New York, is is postponing football from the fall. And, and then you look at the collegiate level and, you know, conferences are either playing, not playing, allowing their teams to play if they're not or or, you know, the other way around. I mean, it's it's kind of all over the place. But when you look at the college model, it's kind of every conference for itself right now, if not every team for itself in certain places. And at the high school level, it's, you know, a little over a fifth of the country, which means four fifths of the country is still trying to play football in the fall. I think that's just a sign, Dan, of how how confusing this whole crisis really is, how much uncertainty there is about what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. You know, you know, do you, how much do you weigh what the kids deserve as opposed to what's safe for them to do? I mean, there's there, there's just so many factors that go into it in addition to the health and safety, the logistics, the financial side of it. I mean, um, do you have fans? Do you not have fans? You know, how do you police people in the stadium with social distancing? How do you police people on the sidelines? You know, you have 50 football players. How do you keep them six feet apart? You know, what do you do about officials? Um, what do you do about locker room facilities? You know, how do you disinfect equipment? What do you do if it's if it's pouring rain and freezing out in November and football players can't go into a locker room or athletes can't go into a locker room? There's just so many questions that that need to be answered and haven't been answered and are we're still in the process of figuring those things out. So it's totally understandable why things are being postponed. It's, it's totally understandable why states and organizations still haven't decided. And I don't necessarily disagree with the decision that New York State made last night. Um, I disagree with the timing of it. I disagree with how, how it was made. I disagree with you know the lack of consistent communication that's been through this whole process. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want our kids to be safe. And the only way to really guarantee that football is not going to put them in a health risk is to temporarily eliminate football, you know, um, and, and until there's a time where we can do so safely. So I don't necessarily disagree with what happened. Um, but I think everything you talked about is just a sign of how much we still don't know about this virus and, and, and how much more goes into putting on a season um, than just, just the health risk itself. There's just so many factors, Dan, that you couldn't list them. And uh, it's a complicated process. Yeah, you know, and and it definitely is. And the thing is, it's it's a very unprecedented time. I mean, and for you as as a father, you as a coach, you as a teacher, how do you, as a husband, how do you navigate through all of this? And and how do you kind of try and find your own peace within all of this? 
just try to focus on the now. You know, don't try to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or a week or a month from now. Just, you know, try to focus on today. You know, today I, I, I sent out an email to my players and the parents. Um, I told them what I know and what I can tell them about moving forward. And, you know, tomorrow, if, if, if I know more, we'll take that next step. If I don't, then we'll then we'll stay on pause for the time being. Just, just kind of take things as they come at me. Um, it's really all you can do, right? You know, we... We just talk about how much we don't know about this virus, about the situation we're in. So you certainly can't try to plan too far ahead when you don't know what you're dealing with. And obviously positivity is important. Uh, we've gotten to do a lot uh, with the kids at, at uh, the Wildcat Sports Pub, bringing the kids together. You know, you and I have talked about some things, but I think, you know, now more than ever, Joe, it's it's important for us to be able to, you know, do nice things for the kids, keep them together and, and keep, them, keep them positive and you know that on my end of it, that's always going to be a priority, and, and I appreciate so very much uh, how open and how generous you have been with your time and with your team to uh, allow me the opportunity to speak with them and spend time with them as well as spend time with you and, and you know, like I said, now more than ever, be able to do what we can to create environments where they still get to be around each other. Well, and I appreciate what you do, Dan, because you, you give my guys a lot of positive exposure and, and you have a way of bringing out, you know, all their good qualities and, and you know, they, they have fun while they're doing it. So I really appreciate what you do for our for my players and for for this, this entire community. But I agree. I mean, I, I think right now it's about caring about each other and being there for each other. And ultimately, you know, trying to see the positives in this, which, you know, we talked before the last time we, 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 we talked about it, we, we talked about kind of that hit that reset button and how we all kind of have a new appreciation for for what we had and what we still have and, and how important this all really is to us. Yeah, it's important. And God hit that reset button, in my opinion, and, and what we do with it is going to show a kind of, you know, our traje- a trajectory from here for the rest of our lives. So uh, with that being stated, Joe Corley, West Genesee Wildcats, head coach for high school football. Uh, not the news that we wanted to hear, but the you know, hopes is that in March we will have our football season. Uh, really quick, Joe, before I let you go, how do we balance through uh, kind of what's going on? Because as things are going on, uh, you know, in, in the spring and, and what we expect of spring sports and whatnot, what do you know about the, the winter sports and then the spring and then trying to navigate football? Because the overlap and obviously having uh, a lot of kids on your team and, and all throughout uh, high school sports that play multiple sports having to uh, potentially choose what sport they're going to play. You know, it's funny. That was kind of the, the closing topic of my email today to my players. And, and I actually had brought this up in a previous email when the state first announced that kind of plan B uh, spring scenario where you're trying to fit three seasons uh, into half a school year and there's going to be some overlap. And the first thing I said was that section three, to my understanding, does have the flexibility to adjust those dates to either minimize or eliminate that overlap. But, you know, to me, what, what I told the kids, and, and I'll say this to you publicly, is the kids need to do what's best for them. And Do I want to lose a returning starter, you know, because he's going to make a decision to play lacrosse or baseball instead? Of course I don't want to lose that. But, but, but these kids only get one shot to do this they they already lost their entire spring season a year ago um it would be downright wrong of me 
to expect them to miss an entire second season um, and to make football a priority um, if it's not what's best for them. So the, the kids need to make the decision and do what's best for them, you know, regardless of what they think I want them to do or others want them to do. And I know it's not going to be an easy decision. It's not. It's going to be a very difficult decision, and no matter which direction they go, fall or spring, it's going to impact other people. It's not fair that they're going to be in that position. So my hope is that Section 3 in our league can come through and, and find a way to you know modify those dates and kind of adjust the schedule to either eliminate that or, or just greatly reduce the number of weeks of overlap so that the kids can do all three or, or do both. But again, time will tell. And I told the kids for now, just sit back, relax, and let the people who are in charge worry about that. But it's on their mind. So the big thing for me is they need to know where I stand, and where I stand is what's, with what's best for them as individuals. That coming from Joe Corley, once again, the head coach of West Genesee's football team for the Wildcats. Uh, Joe, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate that uh, right off the, you know, on the heels of all of this that you uh, were, you know, able to, to jump on here and talk with me. I, I can't thank you enough for all that you do, and I look forward to sitting next to you very soon. Can't wait, Dan. I'm looking forward to it myself. We'll have a slice of pizza and some wings, and it'll, it'll be a great time. All right. Well, thank you, and take care in the meantime. Uh, give your family a big hug, and please, uh, please, you know, just uh, stay positive, as, as I know you are, and you and I will be, we'll, we'll be uh, talking with each other very, very soon, uh, I'm sure. I appreciate it, Dan. We'll talk soon.